Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 23 of Talking Jacks, aka Talking Jacks Extra Number Two. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm really good. It's been a really good, been a good day. Um, I tried the Cajun fries. That's from right. Cookout. Today's episode is brought to you by Cookout's Cajun fries. Yes. Which Ben had never tried before what? prior to tonight. Yeah, I also tried the cheddar style burger. I don't want to put too much judgment on it, but it was really messy. It's hard to enjoy a sandwich when it's messy. Yeah, that kind of depends on what mood you're in, too. Yeah. Sometimes you want your sandwich to be messy. Yeah, like a sloppy joe. That That's true, but you still got to have some organization to the sloppy joe, I feel like. But that's kind of There's, a counterintuitive yeah. point. I don't know. Anyways. But yeah. Were the Cajun fries oh, the, amazing? Oh, they were perfect. Yeah. They were... They're the, they were it's the best thing on the menu. Equally seasoned throughout. They were like a really good version of Bojangles' Cajun fries. Because Cajun fries at Bojangles are just too seasoned. You think they're too seasoned? Well, yeah. they're, to me, they're too inconsistent. We won't get go. too far into yeah. that. But sometimes you'll go to Bojangles and you get no seasoning <clears> on the fries. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you'll get so much that it, it just like turns your tongue into like... Uh, into a Cajun. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean though. It's very... Uh, inconsistent which is not good you don't want that you want consistency Mm -hmm. speaking of inconsistency toronto fc2 was one of the most inconsistent teams in the entire usl eastern conference last season yeah tonight we were joined by james grassi of mlssoccer.com and reds waking the red is it waking the reds or breaking the reds waking the reds okay yeah breaking works too though (laughs) i don't know we we want to be breaking the reds on saturday night (laughs) <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but this was a really good conversation. Some of your questions were answered. Thanks mm-hmm. to Zach Dick for submitting several TFC-related questions as he is our resident Canadian expert and TFC lover. Mm-hmm. And I hear something about he's going to be banned to Behind the Bleachers or something Saturday night. Yeah, we need to uh, <laughs> get him banned from the game. That's for sure. I think so. If I don't want to say this sentence, but I'm going to say it anyways. Ooh. If Toronto wins, then we, we're we going to have to revoke Zach's season tickets. We just have to do that, maybe. That may be a little harsh, but... Hey, we don't make the rules. We just follow them. Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. So, uh, you guys, thank you for tuning in. We're going to play that interview now. All right, guys, we're here with James Grassi of uh, MLSsoccer.com and Waking the Reds, the SB Nation site that covers uh, Toronto FC. Welcome, James. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being a part of the show, James. We appreciate it. Oh, I'm looking forward to, to this little chat. Good, good. So uh, was there anything that stood out to you? Uh, we're just going to dive right in uh, about the New York Red Bulls 2 versus Toronto 2 from last weekend. Yeah, you know, going in, we weren't really too sure what to expect. You know, Toronto FC 2 is a team that they've seen a fair bit of turnover in the offseason, and they brought in a bunch of new players, and they they sort of had a pretty slim roster heading into that game. So nobody really quite knew what to expect. And then on the Red Bulls side, it was sort of the same thing. I was looking at their roster page, and they had about six guys listed. So it was anybody's guess what the two teams were going to look like on the day. 
Uh, the one thing that we were very certain of was that that New York team was going to play very much like the first New York team does, and they're going to press the hell out of the game, and they're going to make life difficult for you. And so speaking with Toronto FC, with their coach and a couple of players before the match, they knew that was coming for them. You know, even though you know that the press is coming, whether or not you're going to be able to deal with it in the moment is always a little bit tricky. And, and you know, considering it was a side that's that's only spent a couple of weeks together and has sort of thrown been thrown together in that manner and had a back line that was, you know, playing probably only their third or fourth game together, they, they seem to equip themselves pretty well on the whole. Um, you know, they go ahead, they take a really early lead around the 10th minute, and that's, that's you know, a great way to start off a road match. There's always that fear that, you know, you scored a little bit too early and you got 80 minutes staring you in the face and how are you going to see the rest of the match out? But they managed to make it through that first half and they even had a really good chance to score at just before halftime when uh, Ben Spencer was brought down in the box and unfortunately his penalty kick was saved and, and they go into the half with just that one goal lead. And then come the start of the second, Spencer Spencer has a clean break on goal and uh, sort of takes a, a slightly heavy touch and the ball just runs away from him a little bit and New York's keeper is able to, to rush off his line and snuff out the chance and then 10 minutes later from that, New York scores two goals within 10 minutes to take the lead and, and sort of turn the tide really quickly. It's uh, It was a measure of how quickly things can turn in this league. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, I believe I watched most of the game, if not all the game. And it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was really interesting to see the different ebbs and flows of the game with the, the PK saved and how pressing uh, New York was, of course. Um, what did the the four four two surprise you? Is that maybe something you think you'll see season long, or or how did that work for you? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it, just because uh, we never really know exactly who's going to be available for TFC two from week to week. So it's always a little bit fun when you pull up the lineup and you're like, oh, Ben Spencer's down there. Oh, Liam Fraser's down there this week. So you know, forecasting exactly who's going to be starting for TFC two is a bit of a fool's errand. Uh, one of my weekly questions to both Greg Vanny and, and to the TFC coach, uh, Laurent Gaillot is always, you know, who's going to be available, who's, whose name should we be looking for? And every once in a while I'll get a heads up, but for the most part, I'm just guessing, uh, in terms of whether that's something that we'll see all year, you know, it's, it's something that the first team has really sort of adapted to in, in the last four or five, six months, that sort of thing. We've seen them go away from that that three five two that served them so well and go into more of that diamond midfield. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's something that I expect two to be working with. And and of course a four four two being sort of like the standard system for football these days is is something that all the players are very comfortable in. You know, one of the sort of surprises was Ryan Telfer was up top with with Ben Spencer, and that was something that we didn't really see a lot last year. He's he's been more of a an outside attacker, you know, making use of his power and pace to really threaten up his side. And so seeing him up top was was very interesting. But in terms of what they're going to do this week, you know, uh, it's uh, it's anyone's guess. Gotcha. Uh, this we kind of had a question about that from one of our listeners. He's actually a huge TFC fan uh, from the Toronto area. And so he was just curious to see if, if, if the two team is kind of running the same system uh, as, as Greg Vanny's side. And so that was, uh, do you, do you have any more insight on that? Yeah. You know, um, talking to, talking to Vanny and talking to Gaio, the, uh, the two coach, um, both of them have sort of made the same allusion to this, this idea that, um, 
you know, formations are nice for us to talk about and they're handy sort of shorthand for what the team's going to look like when they're setting up defensively. But as soon as you get the ball, that sort of goes out the window. Okay. And it, it becomes about sort of players making themselves available for their teammates and how how the different relationships, this is something that Vanny talks about a lot, how the different sort of two and three man relationships work their way around the pitch. And so I expect that's going to be something very similar that we're going to see with TFC two, where, you know, the way the strikers and the attacking midfielders work together, the way the the outside backs work with the wide midfielders and the way that they work with the forwards drifting out onto their side. So I would, I would expect that to be a more consistent thing than necessarily how the team lines up, uh, especially given that, you know, we're very rarely going to see the same 11 personnel out there week in, week out. Okay. <coughs> um, do you have The only other thing I was kind of curious on Sorry. from the, the New York and Toronto game specifically is given the scoreline, especially considering that there was a penalty saved, um, or New York saved the penalty, of course, uh, do you think the scoreline was indicative of the way the game went? Do you think... It was maybe closer or farther away from Toronto, or how did that uh, kind of play out for you? Yeah, you know, that's that's a tough ask because I always find in these USL games, and especially with Toronto FC2, a young team full of guys that are still very much finding their way in the professional game, that, you know, the margins are so thin between, you know, a game ending up one nothing or 1-1 or 2-1. You know, looking back at last year's schedule, there were a lot of games last year where it was decided by one goal. You know, this was a team that was sort of in it, and and you know, one mistake here, one missed chance there would have a massive impact on the infl- on the outcome of the game. And you know, that's something we saw continue in this in this New York game. The, Toronto goes up early, has chances to double their lead, has chances to triple their lead, and they end up not taking those chances. And then New York scores their first goal on sort of a deflected shot from outside the box. That sort of you know the kind of scrappy goals that go in sometimes to turn the tide. And then the second one was a, a ball was headed out of play and the New York players just managed to keep it in and Toronto sort of froze a little bit and, and they marked space instead of reacting to where the players were. And So, you know, those little moments can be so crucial in these games. In terms of whether whether that's what I would expect from Toronto, um, you know, it's it's difficult to say seeing how this is just the first game they've played and we haven't really seen a whole lot of them in the last little while. They... Um, they were very much in this game, but when, you know, looking at the stat sheet, New York had 31 attempts at goal. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good measure of what kind of pressure they were under for that 90 minutes. And so, you know, even, even the TFC two coach just this week said that, you know, he felt he was disappointed with the way that the game went, but, you know, watching it back, it was hard to say that New York didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that uh, interview on, on Twitter the other day, actually. But yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. It's it's interesting to see how much different moments and different uh, happenings in the game can really can shape it and, uh, and move it and that type of thing. Do you want to go ahead and move to guest questions, Alex? Yeah, and the guest questions will kind of shape a conversation more so because a lot of them are more, uh, not vague, but more open-ended, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the first ones is about a specific player. I'm, I hope I'm pronu- pronouncing this right. Uh, Sean Hyundai? Sean Hundle. Hundle. I can't tell if it's yeah. L. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no problem. It took me forever to figure out that his first name is just Sean. So, I mean, like, I was I was pronouncing it Shan for a while. Oh, so. Okay. I don't, yeah, feel, no I don't feel bad. Yeah. We always get <laughs> pronunciations wrong. So. 
Yeah, you know, Sean's a really interesting player. He's he's still just 18 or 19, and, and he signed with TFC2 when he was, I want to say, like 15 or 16, and he's been with the, the Canadian national team at all the various youth levels. And, you know, when he came up and you're a, you're a 16-year-old kid and you're going up against some, some of these grizzled veteran defenders that you see across USL, you know, that's a heck of a challenge for a, for a young boy still growing into himself. And so watching him over the last two years, you know, he's put a real emphasis on sort of building up his frame. And, you know, anytime you're 16 years old, you're still going to be growing. I'm I'm almost constantly surprised that if I go six months without seeing one of these TFC2 guys, they've shot up another three or four inches. <laughs> and so so Sean's a guy who, who really, really put the work in in the gym to make sure he was powerful enough to do what he needs to do. Uh, you know, he sort of started out last season really slow. He uh, he found it he found it hard. And and one of the challenges for these young players is that when they join the TFC Academy, they go from playing you know eight months of soccer or whatever it is at the upper tiers of of the youth organizations around here to playing you know eleven months of the year and and training under a schedule the way that a professional would. And that that takes a real toll on them. You know, so Sean was one of the guys who. Toronto FC t- sent a team to the Via Reggio tournament in Italy last year. And so they would have been training from January. And then he was with the Canadian national team. And then he comes into the TFC two season. And so, you know, these are, these are young guys still sort of building up their stamina for a long year. And I, I felt like that sort of weighed on him at the beginning of the year. And, and that led to sort of him not seeing the sort of production that people wanted to see from him. But then come, come September, Come October, you know, the last two months of the season, he was probably Toronto FC2's best player. He scored five or six goals in those last eight to ten games and, and really looked like the player that everyone expects him to be. He's a real uh, – he's a he's a tricky forward. He tends to um, – he's not so much of a link-up forward as he is that predatory guy who sort of, you know, drifts in and out of games and just sort of lulls the defenders to sleep before finding his moments to to get that little bit of space and get the final touch on the ball. And so he's he's a tricky one. He's definitely one to watch for sure. Good stuff. Uh that lulling the defenders to sleep and then striking at the last minute just reminds me of uh the player that our next question's about, which is Jordan Hamilton. And he <laughs> yeah. he was a Charlotte killer last year. I think he scored three or four times against Charlotte and two of them were towards the end of games one was the game winner in the in the game where charlotte lost at home 3-2 and the other was like extra 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 time it was like the 95th minute or something down in or up in toronto yeah uh, and if i may say both of them were both of them were very beautiful goals beautiful and very similar (laughs) that he got he, he got the ball and made a real nice turn onto his left foot and drilled it yeah both of those yeah, you know, Jordan, Jordan's a player that, that everyone's had really high hopes for up here. He's He's been with the first team for, I want to say, four or five years, which is almost ridiculous considering he's still just 21. And, uh, you know, he's he's found his minutes few and far between. Anytime you have Josie Altidore and Sebastian Jovinko playing in front of you, you're, you're not going to be getting a ton of minutes. Yeah. And so, you know, he's the one that everyone sort of had their eye on. But when he does get those minutes, he's proved himself really adept. There was a point last season where... Uh, before Joe Bendick denied him, uh, a former teammate of his here in Toronto, down in Orlando, he was he was he had a 100% shot conversion in the sort of three shots that he'd had on goal in his like 35 minutes of play off the bench, and so he was really tearing it up. And he's one of those guys who, who like Hundle, you don't always see what he's doing, but but when he pounces, it's it's dangerous and. 
I know last year a lot of people were surprised when Ben Spencer was getting more first-team minutes than he was, and I think that's sort of a, a function of Greg Vanny and Toronto FC really see a lot in him, and, and you always want to challenge your younger players, sort of take them out of their comfort zone and be more than what they are. And so Jordan, is he's a particular kind of striker. He's that sort of, you know, hang around with the defender, test the lines, and try and pounce. And Toronto just wanted to see him add more to his game between his link-up play and also his sort of hold-up play, his ability to use his body and his frame to, to get field position for the guy, for the, the team. And, you know, those, those, those two matches against Charlotte last year, I think we saw his ability to sort of drop into midfield a little bit more and link up and then get himself forward when when the other team's defense has their hands full with, with other players that are springing into the attack. And so, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but there is a small possibility that he will be available for TFC two this weekend. So it might be something you guys might want to be forewarned about. Yeah. That was one of the questions is, was he going to be, you know, which squad was he going to be with? Um, yeah. Well, the first team's on a break with the international action and, and they're pretty low numbers and TFC two is, you know, they have a pretty small squad to begin with and, and Jordan wasn't called into the Canadian national team. So he's, he's here in Toronto or at least he was before the team left for Charlotte. So uh, we'll find out when that team sheet comes out, just who's on there. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hope he misses the flight. <laughs> we're going to have to score at least two goals to win because you know, Jordan Hamilton's probably going to score one. Yeah, yeah. So no. I, think, I think if he's, you know, it's just the way it's it's gone. But that's, yeah, it's a that's, safe bet. It's one of those things uh, that was kind of a broader question was about Jordan as an example. Uh, Zach was asking why the gap between TFC and TFC two seems so large, uh, and it seems like you know Jordan Hamilton's an example of that where he's kind of he's being good enough to play in MLS but not quite good enough to really break through and get consistent minutes. And then he did throw the caveat in there, you know, granted you're not going to get many minutes playing behind Josie and Giovinco. And then he asked a question if the Canadian premier league is like an option for loaning players next year. Yeah. You know, until we get a lot more details on this Canadian premier league, it's, it's everything is sort of speculation at a moment like this, you know, as far as I know, the CPL has, has, decided not to involve themselves with the MLS teams. They want to keep themselves as separate, like Toronto FC and, and Vancouver, and I believe Montreal as well, as well have all expressed interest in sort of, you know, having maybe having their USL teams move into the CPL or, or coming up with something that works. And the CPL has, has made it clear that they sort of want to do their own thing. Okay. And so, so a loan would be, you know, it's still technically possible because you can, you can loan your players anywhere that you right. can come to an agreement to loan them. But as to how much they would be interested in that, um, I'm not quite too sure. You know, one other thing to consider when it comes to whether Jordan, uh, you know, it's not just that you have Altador and Jovinko playing in front of you. It's also that, you know, we're talking about the team that, that won a treble last year and has been to the last two MLS cup finals. And so, that's always going to be really tricky. Uh, you know, to St. Ricketts is a, another Canadian international who's sort of the third striker on the team. Right. And he's found his minutes really hard, hard to get hard to come by. And, uh, you know, Vanny has said before that, you know, if, if to St. was playing on another team, if Jordan was playing on another team, you know, they might be regular starters. And that's sort of, that's, that's the decision you make when you want to be part of a team that's, that's striving for all trophies like this. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And now they're pushing for the 
uh, Scotiabank Champions League, or no, excuse me, I, I missaid it. Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League, as they yeah. have to say it on all the broadcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's see. Do, is, I, don't, I don't see any other questions. Uh, the only other question was, uh, was TF, or is TFC going to finish not last? And it was kind of a sarcastic question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's well, funny. You, know, you said, you know, a lot of their losses were by one goal, but they also beat every first-place team last season. Yeah, I tried to convince Jason Brent, the coach last year, that he should just lie to the players and tell them they were playing the first place team every week. Because that, <laughs> that seemed to do seemed to do wonders for their performance. But you know, I think that goes down to there's two things that I could sort of relate that to. You know, one is sort of um, the thin margins that I was speaking about earlier, where there were a lot of games where you know the team had two or three chances. Like even one of their worst losses was down in Charleston last year. I think they got hammered six one or something like that. And before Charleston went ahead, Toronto FC had a glorious chance. It was Liam Fraser with a header from about 12 yards out that he put over the bar. And that was sort of, when you have a team full of young guys, they don't necessarily bounce back from those disappointments the same way you would expect a team of, of more savvy veterans to do. And so, you know, you waste that chance and then Charleston scores a couple of garbage goals before halftime and then another one right after the start and there's an own goal and there's a penalty or, you know, whatever the circumstances dictate. Those are the sort of things that um, that can really throw a team with guys. You know, I, I guess the way I would put it is, you know how you always want to have that one experienced player in the middle of the park that can sort of put their foot on the ball and, and dictate the pace and, and let everyone know that, okay, it's time to calm down. It's time to regroup. We're still in this game. Let's do this. When you're, when the oldest player on your team is 24, you don't really have that voice in the group. And so games can get away from you. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they were the last place team. I watched them pretty closely last year and I don't feel like they were aside from a couple of games where they were played off the park. There wasn't really a game where, it felt like they were as bad as their record made them look. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's fair uh, because yeah. you know not only did they did Charlotte struggle with them, but obviously some of the other top teams did too. So sometimes that's just how the ball bounces. Um, yeah. So yeah, they should definitely lie to the players and tell them that they're playing the first place team every week. There we go. <laughs> Technically, we're not the first place team because of alphabetical order this week, though. Nah, but I'd still lie to them anyways. Just there, there you go. Uh, speaking of, do you want to, do you care to make a prediction for the game Saturday? Uh, no pressure. You don't have to. Mm, yeah, let's go with, uh, let's go with a nice rousing two, two, you okay. know, uh, we'll, we'll go with a scoreline sort of similar to the two that we saw last year. This, uh, this That's is a true. Toronto team. There were a team. lot of goals in those games. Yeah, they were, they were very entertaining games, very open games. Uh, and you know, this is a team that, you know, they didn't score a lot of goals last year and that was very much in line with that sort of moments being very crucial was when when you're averaging you know 0.6 goals a game or something ridiculous like that you can't afford to be giving up goals against because that'll doom you and so they've already scored one goal they they don't have they didn't have to deal with that question from me this week and so you know we'll we'll look to to see them continue that form and, and bag a couple more and maybe get a point down there all right well thank you so much for joining us and, and answering all of our listeners questions and our questions so hopefully we'll be able to do this again uh when charlotte travels up to toronto yeah it's, it's been a great time and, and definitely reach out anytime you guys have any questions about uh toronto fc too we will do
Excellent. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime. And uh, you guys enjoy the game. Hopefully it's a good one. Yeah. And we'd like to plug your work. So if you'd like to just shout out your websites real quick where anybody can read your stuff. I cover Toronto FC2 for uh, SB Nation's Toronto blog, Waking the Red. So if, if you want to find any of my TFC2 coverage, you can go there. And then I also cover the first team for MLSsoccer.com. So uh, go there and check it out. Awesome. Thank you very much, James. Oh, it's been a pleasure. See ya. See you guys. And we're back. How did you think that went, Ben? Went really well. Really glad the way that came together. Um, really nice to have someone else's opinion on the team that's a little more directed uh, towards the team. So yeah. really glad that worked out. To so much better than us pouring over inter- YouTube videos and interviews and uh, all, all kinds of articles from the USL website and all kinds yeah. of stuff like we did last week and last season. So it's nice to have an actual voice with opinions and mm-hmm. who's you know talking to the players that was really nice he had you know done interviews with the players and the coaching staff mm-hmm. so. seems like he's got a lot of uh clout in toronto so that's pretty cool journalistic integrity there you go Maybe. Journalistic i don't integrity. know i've never read anything to this <laughs> point but i'm sure i'll check some of it out before the game um unfortunately i will not be present at the game yes um, it's wedding season it is wedding season and so far all three weddings that me, my fiance and I have committed to attending, including our own, are on. <laughs> Might uh, as well attend your own wedding. Yeah, I mean. they are all on home games, so we'll be using that ticket exchange program a lot. I have a feeling. Yes, I think that's a good idea. But what um, were the odds of that happening? All of them being on home games. I'm very upset about it. And they're all on Saturdays. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, unlikely scenario. Um, but we will miss you. I will um, miss you guys too. I'm going to miss hearing the banter from Section 108. Is that right? Section 108, that's right. Section 108. Which is apparently the new party section. Yeah, it's the new hop to, and, uh, uh, the guy in the Skirtle jersey. Skirtle? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> but but it yeah. Sounds right. You did better than I would have tried to do. It was that green Liverpool jersey from the 90s or early 2000s, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was just hammered out of his mind. It was amazing. I'm not sure what like the next level up <coughs> above lit is, but that's what he was. Yeah, it was insane. It was that section was unreal. I've never there were more people there than usual, mm. and then that guy was loud, and he was singing. All, we've already talked about this. But he was singing all the Jackson <laughs> Militia songs, and he was singing them really loud and really incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Like he was pausing at all the wrong times. He was like going at. It was just. It was so interesting. <laughs> So hopefully he'll be there, and you guys can listen out for that. Um, but we have some predictions to make. Yes. And some news to break. Ooh, we do. We do. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we didn't get to this before the interview, but uh, Charlotte has a new home in 2021. Do-do-do. Memorial Ta-da! is... The long-awaited... Air quotes happening. Air quotes happening is very appropriate for this situation, I yeah. think. Um, That's not a knock on anybody, but as, as I've heard it, seen it put, uh, I will not believe it until we're actually there for the first game. Exactly. Part of me, I just thought this through. Hopefully, that new arena football team doesn't try to swoop in. And well, they have to play it. in arenas. Well, they could still remodel it. I'm no. just saying. There's, it's a dark horse candidate. 
to uh, I just hope they don't swoop in and try to pull an MLS for CLT from. I us. don't know. That's minor league football. We don't talk about that. It doesn't drive <laughs> ratings on this show. We only talk about minor league soccer. Uh, minor league arena football is not what we talk about here. <laughs> uh, so, like we said, uh, 2021, Charlotte will be playing in Memorial Stadium. Uh, the league will probably have 50 teams by then. Yeah, USL Division 4. They'll have, yeah, they'll have promotion relegation. It'll be mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff. NASL will actually be Division 4. Um, we're going to buy out their name and then make fun of them for it <laughs> i don't know but uh it, it is good news we just hope uh people don't sit around and wait for 2021 to come support the team so if you're yes. listening to this and you're thinking oh that's great uh i can't wait to go to a game there mm-hmm. and you're not coming to matthews maybe just come to matthews like come to matthews. i know it's the far drive uh and if you can't make it every game we like we, we get understand. it I mean, we can't make it every game. We have this podcast, so like, exactly, it's it's understandable. Just come out, mm-hmm. we'll have a good time. So, uh, ooh, we also have news about Kevon George. You want to share that? Yeah. So I was uh, doing my late night uh, Twitter uh, USL website uh, perusing, and I saw that uh, during that they announced. Uh, some international uh, break players that were playing that didn't make any sense. Um, international duty. International duty. That sounds a lot better. Um, kind of funny if you think about it. But, um, but yeah, so we, I saw in there that uh, a certain Trinidad and Tobago center midfielder will be uh, suiting up for the team. Uh, the Soka, the Soka Warriors. Warriors. I had no idea that's what they were called. Oh, really? No, I had no idea. Yeah, the Soka Warriors. Very cool Really name. cool. Um, anytime you can put something around before or after Warriors, um, it's a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, so Kevon George uh, will be uh, with the team the day before we record this, so the 21st, until the 27th. Um, that's the, all the USL's website had on there. Um, but it is solely Kevon George that will be doing that. We will have Kato unless something crazy happens. Um, because this is a podcast and things can change rapidly. But yeah, well, Kevon George will be there. 48 hours out from kickoff, so I don't think Kevon or I don't think uh, Kato is going to be gone. Hopefully not. Crossing our fingers, um, crossing our toes. Um, but yeah, so it's going to create a little interesting scenario in the midfield, I think. Uh, probably going to see Ekra and Jordan, if I Yeah, had to guess. assuming Jordan is back from his injury mm-hmm. um we don't know we don't have any insight no yeah. we forgot to ask i'm sick so i've <laughs> no just been, insight here i haven't been paying as much attention as i usually do that's okay uh, so we don't know if jung su lee is healthy either we don't so, so we may see donnie smith as a, a yep. center back as well um may see a completely different lineup we know we'll, well see we can't at least. see a completely different lineup because i think we only have like 20 players <laughs> yeah. so true there's not that many you could choose from <laughs> but yeah so we obviously know we'll get alex back um, yeah and that'll be which will be huge good it's I, gonna be interesting that's gonna give uh a different dynamic because he's a completely different player than Mwapi. Mm-hmm. Um that's gonna be interesting moving i mean i assume alex is gonna move into the starting 11 mm-hmm. and that would push more than likely Mwapi to the bench very true 
And so if we're trailing or we need a goal or anything where we need some energy, he, he's a really good option to come off the bench. I, I think so. so. Yeah. That, that's exciting because mm-hmm. we didn't always have that last year. Was, no. Um, we had Siaj from, like, the second half of the season on, and that was really our only guy we knew if he came on, he was going to bring something to it. Mm-hmm. The only other one we had was Spees, but I wouldn't really uh, classify him as a, a burst of energy. <coughs> um, not the way I would describe him. Well, there were a couple times, yeah, but, but consistently, no. Yeah. Probably didn't bring much of a spark. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. So with all that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, let's make predictions. Yes. So James predicted a 2-2 draw, mm-hmm. um, at, which that goes pretty much in line with last season. Last season there was a 2-2 draw in Toronto and a 3-2 game here in Charlotte. Yeah. So what is your big prediction, Ben? See, before I knew uh, or – before I think it's a safe to assume we'll see Jordan Hamilton uh, this weekend, I was thinking as high as like three or four zero. Oh? Really? Yeah, I was you feeling think they really were confident. Gonna, yeah, you. Um, based on a couple things, mostly because New York Red Bulls had like thirty shots, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, or James mentioned, I think they had thirty shots. It was like thirty-two or thirty-four, I think, is what he said. They had That's a, a lot. lot, and. Um, Cavaluso is a really good goalkeeper. That could be the the main uh, catalyst that could propel them to uh, keep it competitive. Uh-huh. Um, he might stand on his head. Yes, he made a lot of really good saves um, in that New York Red Bulls game that I watched. Interesting. Um, but if I had to guess, because I do, I'm gonna say three one. 3-1. 3-1. For us, for nope. the record. For Charlotte. Um, 3-1 Charlotte. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think it's going to be 2-1 Charlotte. 2-1 Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, and I think Jordan Hamilton, like I predicted earlier, is going to score a goal. Yeah. That's what he does against Charlotte. <laughs> I think we, if he suits up and plays for more than like 15 <laughs> minutes, 10 minutes, he's probably going to get a goal. Um, but we'll see. Crazier things have happened. We looked... Uh, pretty good against Ottawa um, defensively, but uh, but I think I think Toronto could play us really well um, because they look pretty so. darn good. Surprisingly, I mean the scoreline was two one, but their attack looked pretty good. I would yeah. say um, surprisingly good. So I think it'll, it'll be, be competitive. I think it'll be a competitive game as well. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we respond to such a big win. Exactly. Um, yeah. See if we can keep that momentum going, or like you said, if we have to make a lot of changes. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. going to be missing Kevon. Yeah, which we really don't have a holding midfielder behind him. Um, I would say Jordan probably slots into that role I've... more so than anyone else. Yeah. Um, I think Ekra will be more of a mobile box-to-box yeah. I really hope he guy. starts. No matter uh, what, I hope he starts. Yeah, I mean, he was really good last game. So, I, I you know, barring an injury, I'm sure he'll be in there. Yeah. Um, and it'll just depend how long he plays. Will just depend on who you know who we've got on the bench and uh, how he does. But yeah. I, I I think it's safe to assume he'll go probably the full ninety. Yeah. Um, and I and I think our midfield. This will be a game where we we'll probably see more possession. Uh, we'll probably oh, yeah. have look to be cleaner on the ball. We'll have Alex mm-hmm. there. We'll be more of a possession oriented game. 
yep. than last week where we were kind of all about the counterattack and playing more direct. But if they gave up 30 shots to New York Rebels, I could see us getting 15 to 20 yeah. shots. And if they clean it up, then maybe 10 to 15, which was around what we got last game. So, Which is still really good. Um, but, yeah, I hope uh, Charlotte will put together a, a solid game and get another three points. I think that would be awesome to get off to a, a fast start like that. Yeah. So. Exercise some Canadian demons. Yeah, um, for sure, especially after last season. So, yeah. All right, we have one, uh, I guess, unrelated question oh, for the yeah. game that we're going to touch on real quick before we sign off, and that was submitted by our buddy Adam Martin. Mm-hmm. And he said, if Charlotte could take any other USL player, who would you want and would they fit into Coach Jeffrey's style? So you've been thinking about this for a while. I have. I have a couple names in mind. So do you want to go first since you're our resident USL expert? Yeah. Um, I'd love to revisit this question in like two months too because this is a really good question. I think um, so. I, I agree. Like doing a, a USL fantasy draft would be really fun. Like the middle of the season. It'd be very difficult, but it'd be fun. If I had if I had to pick one main player right now. See, I'm trying to think of attacking players and I'm drawing a major blank. Um, but the main person that came to mind when this when, it, when I first thought about this was Forrest Lasso. Oh, you oh, took mine. I stole it from him. Yes. Okay. I was about to have you go first. Oh, you but took yeah, mine. so because he's a big bodied center back. Um and we, I, I love a big body center back. And he doesn't like, he's a very strong and he can get on the attack. Um, and the other thing I love about him is he's a great personality. I think, yeah. what is his hashtag? Big body, little kid, or something? I think it's little kid, big body. That uh, makes more like sense. That. But um, yeah, he's probably it. Real active online. Yeah. So, okay, since you took mine, <laughs> I'm also going to go with a center back. Ooh. I'm going to go with Paco Craig. Uh, from Louisville. Yeah. Paco Craig He's really consistently rated as one of the best defenders in the league. Um, you know, I don't know how tall he is or anything. I don't really care. Probably like 6'2". Uh, but guess. he's he's a former teammate of Lewis Hilton. Mm-hmm. So he'd have that uh, you know he's a you know he's probably a good guy. Mm-hmm. Probably a fun guy, Lewis Hilton. Forget what college was that? Uh, I can't remember. Some small school. Like a, I'm going to L no. Maybe. See, Young I'm, Harris. Young Harris. Young Harris. That is not an L. Um, yeah, that's a good pick. I like that pick. I should have picked Lewis Hilton too. That was a really. That was a. I'm letting Lewis Hilton. Well, I'm just down. thinking about the fit in the system part of the question. I'm thinking. That's a good point. Well, we have some really talented attackers. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not strengthen up the defense? Yeah. You know. I'll give you that, and he's a really good. Because if I'm not mistaken. Normally, I mean, from all I've heard and, and watched, Louisville changes their formation like every other week just because they can and because they want to be crafty. Um, I forget their coach's name. It's not Stuart Campbell because that's Tampa Bay's. But he's very – he's got – Irish, isn't he? Yeah, it's like uh, – it's something something Irishy. Uh, James O'Connor. James O'Connor. I should have assumed it was there was an O in there. But yeah, uh, but he's normally like the main center back is like a three-point uh, defensive back. 
fine. Um, <laughs> you'll get there. Words are tough. Um, so, yeah, I think he would fit in really well. I think he would complement Duckett very, very well. Um, so that's a good pick. I really can't, I'm really, i drawing major blanks against on attacking players. The only person I can think of was Dane Kelly, and that's just kind of a, a meh pick. Not that we'd, we'd have the two all-time leaders in goals in USL if we had Dane Kelly a, on the roster. You know what? I'm going to go with Dane Kelly because we could have Dane Kelly. Oh, you're Kelly, sure you're going to cheat. Put him on the bench. Oh, you bench him, let <laughs> and Jorge then pass Ferreira him, and then, and then release him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's fair. Um, I feel like that would go terribly, terribly wrong. Though. Yeah, the only other thing I would I would think of is maybe the guy I had uh, a little soccer crush on for a little while there in the offseason, Jack Blake. Who's now yeah. signed for the Tampa Bay Rowdies? That, that was another guy he took in, the, in the the jersey reveal where he was doing the, the I don't know who does that, but like the arrow thing. No, I didn't see that. Uh, if you guys can't see, Ben was doing like a superhero pose. <laughs> yeah, it's like the like you're t- you're drawing back an arrow thing. Okay. I no, I didn't that see is. that. Uh, uh, I'm not a Tampa Bay Rowdies fan, so I don't see everything <laughs> that comes across. Are you calling me a closet Tampa Bay Rowdies fan? Maybe. Maybe. I heard that's a good way to get you to rant. There are some good things to make me rant. Well, um, we'll have to save that for the ne- the next episode because we yes. are pretty much out of time. So, thanks to everybody who submitted questions. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you to James for joining us. Uh, if you guys have uh, constructive criticism for these episodes, if about the length, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing, we're trying to keep them on the shorter side so that they can be uh, consumed maybe on your way to the match, yeah. on the day of, or the, you know, on your afternoon commute on Friday, etc. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you, some of you on Saturday. Wait, you have one more thing. It's, it's, it's Unrelated. too much of a deep dive. Okay, yeah. well then we'll save it for next episode. All right, thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. I got to say it. Come on, you jobs. Oh.